Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. If you are enjoying the podcast and would like to show your support, then we would love for you to check out Sleep Tight Premium. Not only would your support help us to continue producing the show, but our ad-free premium feed is all about supporting your sleep time routine. From now until Christmas, we are offering 40% off our Sleep Tight Premium subscriptions for the first year. Check out sleeptightpremium.com or follow the link in our show notes. Thank you. Our sleep story today is the final chapter of the Boxcar Children. In this final chapter, the children and their grandfather talk to a man about Watch and find out that he belongs to a woman and she might want him back. They try to figure out a way to keep him and go to speak to the woman who owns him. The children are a bit homesick for the boxcar as they settle into their grandfather's home. How can they feel more at home there? What can they do? But before we continue with our story, let's start by breathing together. We can practice our deep breathing anytime or anywhere. But before bed, let's first turn down the lights, get comfortable, and make sure that everything feels as it should. We are going to do a series of deep, slow breaths. When you breathe in, be sure to slowly breathe through your nose. And when you breathe out, try to push all the air out of your lungs. We often talk about taking belly breaths or filling your belly up like a balloon. If that helps you visualize the kind of breath to take, then please try. You can use whatever works for you. Now, inhale slowly through your nose and count to four in your head, filling your lungs with more air with each number. Hold your breath and count to four in your head. Then slowly exhale through your mouth, focusing on getting all the air out of your lungs. Take your time and focus on slow, controlled, deep breaths. Breathe in, two, 
three, four, hold, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four. Breathe in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four. Perfect. You can continue to practice your deep breathing as we continue with the final chapter of the Boxcar Children. It was indeed about watch that the man wanted to talk, and Jess's heart sank again when she saw the dog jump delightedly upon the man and return his caresses with short barks. He's a runaway, sir, from my kennels out in Townsend, the man explained to Mr. Cordes. I have 200 Airedales out there, and this one was sold the day before he ran away. So you see, I have to turn him over to the lady I sold him to. Oh, no, you don't, returned Mr. Cordes quickly. I will give you three times what the dog is worth. The man glanced around uneasily. I couldn't do that, sir, he explained. You see, it isn't a question of money. It's a question of my promised word to the lady. Mr. Cordes failed to see. She can find another dog among 200 Airedales. I guess, he returned, and besides, you don't know how positively that this is the right dog. Uh, excuse me, replied the man, very much embarrassed. He's the dog, all right. He knows me, as you see. His name is Ruff, number three. He has a black spot inside his ear. It was too true. Indeed, at the mere mention of his name, the dog cocked an ear and wagged his tail. But he had seated himself as close to Jess as possible and licked her hand when she patted him. But it appeared that Henry could understand the man's position even if Mr. Cordes could not. He now put in a timid word of his own. If the lady would agree to let the dog go, would you be willing? Sure, said the man, shooting a glance at Henry. I almost know anyone would let us keep watch, Grandfather, said Henry earnestly, if they knew how much he had done for us. I'm sure of it, my boy, returned Mr. Cordes kindly. The fact that Henry had been the first to make headway with the dog fancier had not escaped him. 
but it was clear that Jess would not be able to sleep until the matter had been settled. So the moment the man had gone, the children set out from their beautiful new home to the address of the lady who had bought Watch. The big car purred along from Greenfield to Townsend in no time, and the whole family, including Watch himself, trooped up the veranda steps to interview the lady who held in her power to break their hearts or to make them very happy. She was quite young, quite lively, and very, very pretty. She asked them all to sit down, which they did seriously, or even Benny was worried about losing Watchy, his favorite pillow. He could not wait for his grandfather to begin. He struggled down from his chair and dashed over to the young lady, saying in one breath, You'll let us keep Watchy, please, won't you? Because we want him so bad and just didn't know he was your dog. By degrees, the lady understood just what dog it was. We have had him so long, explained Henry eagerly. It would be almost like letting Benny go away. Watch never leaves us, even for a minute ever since Jess took the briar out of his foot. So, you are the children who lived in the freight car, observed the lively young lady. I've heard all about that. How did you like it? All right, replied Henry with an effort, but we never could have done it without watch. He stayed and looked after the girls while I was away, and he just thinks of everything. He loves Jess so much. Well, said the young lady laughing, I can see you're worrying terribly about that dog. Now listen, I wouldn't take that dog away from you any more than I would take Benny. In fact, not so much. I think maybe I'd like to keep Benny instead. Benny was apparently quite willing that she should. He climbed onto her lap before anyone could stop him and gave her one of his best bear hugs. And from that moment, they were firm friends. But the children always spoke of her as the lady who owns Watch although Mr. Cordes paid for the dog in less time than you can imagine. It made no difference to the children that Watch was a very valuable dog. They had loved him when he had not been worth a cent, and now they loved him more, simply because they had so nearly lost him. It was a happy and reunited family which gathered around the Cordis dining table that evening. The maids smiled in the kitchen to hear the children laugh. 
and the children laughed because Watch actually sat up at the table in the seat of honor beside Jess and was waited on by a butler. Would you ever dream that four children could be homesick in such a beautiful house as Mr. Cordes's? Jess was the first one to long for the old freight car. Oh, Grandfather, she said one morning, I wish I could cook something once more in the old kettle. Go out in the kitchen, said her grandfather, and mess around all you like. The maids will help you. Jess brightened up at once and flew out into the kitchen, where three or four maids brought her everything she wanted to cook with. And Benny was the last one to wish for his old home. Grandfather, he said one day, I wish I could drink this milk out of my own pink cup. This set Mr. Cordes to thinking. He had plenty of pink cups, it is true, but none of them were as dear to Benny as his own. I think I shall have to surprise you children, said Mr. Cordes at last. But before the surprise comes, perhaps you would like to see Benny's pony. Then he led the way to the stables. He owned several beautiful horses already and nearly a dozen wonderful cars. But nothing was half so interesting as the pony. He was very small and black. His wavy tail was so long that it nearly touched the ground, and his name was Cracker, because his birthday fell on the 4th of July when firecrackers were popping. Benny took a short ride around the stable, being held on by a groom. But the second time around, he said, Cracker doesn't need you to hold on to him, I shouldn't wonder, and trotted around with great delight, without help. All the others sat down on the fragrant hay to watch him ride. What am I going to do when I grow up, Grandfather? asked Henry. You're going to take my place, Henry, as president of the steel mills, replied Mr. Cordes. You will do it better than I ever have. And one day, this came true, just as most of Mr. Cordes's wishes did. And what am I going to do? asked Jess curiously. All you children must go to school and then to college. Then you may do whatever you choose for a living, replied Mr. Cordes. Of course, I have more than enough money to support us all, went on Mr. Cordes, but if you have something to do, you will be happier. This not only came true, but it is always and forever true 
all over the world. Am I going to college tomorrow? asked Benny, stopping his little pony in front of the group. No, not tomorrow, Benny, said his grandfather, laughing. But I'm glad you reminded me. All you children must go over to Dr. McAllister's tomorrow and stay while the surprise comes. Is the surprise very nice? asked Benny. No, not very, replied Mr. Cordes with a twinkle in his eye. Does it cost a great deal? asked Jess. It didn't cost me anything, answered her grandfather. The only thing I shall have to pay will be express. He didn't tell them that the express cost him several hundred dollars. However, the next day, the children rode gladly over to see the kind doctor. They stayed until Mr. Cordes telephoned to them that the surprise was ready. And then Mrs. McAllister and her son rode back with them in the big car. Mr. Cordes was as happy as a boy. He led the merry little procession out through his many gardens, past the rose garden, through the banks of purple asters. Then they came to an Italian garden with a fountain in the middle and a shady little wood around the edge. Among the trees was the surprise. It was the old freight car. The children rushed over to it with cries of delight, pushed back the dear old door and scrambled in. Everything was in place. Here was Benny's pink cup and here was his bed. Here was the old knife which had cut butter and bread and vegetables and firewood and string. And here were the letters for Benny's book. Here was the big kettle and the tablecloth. And hanging on a nearby tree was the old dinner bell. Benny rang the bell over and over again and Watch rolled on the floor and barked himself hoarse. The children were never homesick after that. To be sure, a dull and ugly freight car looked a little strange in a beautiful Italian garden, but it was never dull or ugly to the Cordis children or their dog. They never were so happy as when showing visitors each beauty of their beloved own home. And there were many visitors. Some of them were fascinated by the stories of the wonderful dishes and the shelf. And the children never grew tired of telling them over and over again.
One summer day, many years afterward, Watch climbed out of his beautiful padded silk bed and barked until Henry lifted him into the freight car. There he lay down on the hard, splintery floor, blinking his eyes in the sun and watching the children as they sat studying by the fountain. He likes the old home best, said Jess Cordes, smiling at him and patting his rough back. And as Benny would say if he hadn't grown up, that's true, I shouldn't wonder. And that is the end of our story. Good night. Thank you.